0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Movies That Matter. I'm your host, Chris Flaherty, and welcome to this belated holiday edition of the show. Um, It's December 30th right now as we're recording, so we're right in that sweet spot between Christmas and New Year's. Um, But I bet this year or this month you've watched a lot of holiday specials, films, TV shows, and we're going to talk about a lot of them today, or at least ones that are important to me and my guest, Liz Gillespie, who's back. Hi, Liz. Hi. Nice to have you back.
1: Glad to be back.
0: Uh, Liz is a BHS class of 2021 member, and she is a UC Davis freshman class of, I can do math, hold on, 2025? 25, yep. No, that's not a real year.
1: No, that doesn't exist.
0: And she's studying biomedical engineering
1: yes biomedical engineering
0: i almost got yours and Jolie's majors mixed up there
1: oh no that's okay they're close they're similar they're They're close in words in words yeah
0: not in actual practice Uh, true um and minor in film maybe
1: i am hoping for it i I hope so i'm going i'm trying all right i'm gonna do that i'm gonna work my way in there
0: but i'm glad you're back and thank you for taking the time to do this special holiday episode of the show
1: i can't imagine not being back
0: that's good, because you're back. <laughs>
1: That's gla- I'm glad Cause it's to be real. back. It's real. Yes!
0: <laughs> and we're going to talk a lot of uh, Christmas films and some specials and TV shows even that matter to us.
1: Yes, very, very good stuff. Yeah. I know the first time I was here, we talked about Big Hero 6. Yes. And so, what better way to come back for... That was my send-off before going to college. Mm-hmm. And now, it's a nice way to come back from during my college break for Christmas break, no better way to come back Mm -hmm. than to talk about Christmas movies.
0: I love it. And Big Hero 6, this is episode 6. Yes! (laughs) So just be grateful I had enough, like, energy to make five more while you were gone.
1: (laughs) I'm very proud of you. Good job.
0: Thank you. Um, Let's get right to it because we got a long list here. Yes. Um, Let's start right off the bat with the Christmas film, you introduced me to.
1: Yes, and my mom ended up introducing me to this.
0: I... I'll,
1: I'll give you the story behind my mom introducing me to this because okay. I genuinely was blown away mm-hmm. at first. So my mom and I are driving to Maine. We're almost at our cabin that we stay in. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about movies. I don't remember what I was talking about in particular, but we're talking about trailers for things that were upcoming. Yeah. And she just goes, have you seen the trailer for, uh, for Fat Man? And I just just looked over at her and I went, huh? What? And she just goes, no, look it up. Look it up right now. Do it. <laughs> We're five hours into a car ride. And I am now going to YouTube to look up Fat Man trailer. And what I saw, I could not believe. And there was nothing I could do except for text you in that moment that you needed to see this as well.
0: And I saw it.
1: I'm so glad to <laughs> I hear saw that. It. Uh,
0: yeah, we're talking about the 2020 film Fat Man. Um, Liz, just tell them what it's about.
1: So, essentially, Fat Man is the story of Mel Gibson as Santa Claus in a very dark <laughs> 2020 edgy version where a kid. I don't remember how old he is. Is he like 10-ish? Is that like he
0: middle is? school. Yeah. Right around that age when you would want to yeah. kill Santa Claus. He's, he's the edgy age. Yeah.
1: He decides to hire an assassin to go kill Santa Claus for giving him coal.
0: And the assassin is played by Walton Goggins. <laughs> who also word. has history with Santa and wants to kill him in his own right.
1: Yes. So he, the second he's hired, he's like, yeah, yeah, you chose the right <laughs> guy for this job.
0: Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no hesitation. Just, yeah, I'm going to go kill Santa. I'm going to go kill the fat man.
0: <laughs> Where do we start with this one? I I don't know.
1: Um, I think a good place to start with this one is that this one is a good movie for the time that it came out in. For yeah. This movie came out in December of 2020. And I saw the trailer for it in summer of 2020, so I was very prepared for the Christmas of 2020.
0: And everything was fine in 2020.
1: Everything was it's fine in 2020. We were all in very happy moods. Yep. Um, we were all very excited for this. And so we were all sort of, you know, angry at the world. And, oh, yeah, yeah other thing to mention about this movie is that Santa is being funded by the government.
0: Yeah, which I thought was kind of, like, a cool twist.
1: Which was a very interesting thing to think about because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily think of the monetary aspect of Santa because you always right. just immediately assume all of its magic. Yeah. So to kind of put it into a realistic perspective in that way is just very different.
0: Yeah, I think he says, like, I'm the biggest, like, economic stimulus the U.S. government's had in years Yeah,
1: San- or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so it was very interesting, especially in, like, the idea of the 2020 year when we're not when we're all separated from each other we're all angry at the world Mm -hmm. it's very i don't know exactly what the word that i'm looking for is but it's very surreal to see that even santa the figure that's supposed to be the jolliest and happiest of them all Mm -hmm. is also angry at the world particularly the united states government yeah because none of us were angry at the united states government in 2020. Mm
0: And he's he's just like he's he's done with his job. He's over it because like like you said, like everyone in the world has just sort of lost their optimism and lost yeah. their Christmas spirit. Like the scene in the bar when he like comes up to the guy and he's yeah. like, "How are you, Mike?" And, and he, like I guess the guy's thinking of like cheating on his wife or something. Yeah. And, like, and Santa dissuades him, which is kind of cool.
1: That was a very interesting scene because I yeah. just it was also very surreal to see just like how Santa remembers everybody. Yeah. Just just in a time where you couldn't see anybody. Just mm-hmm. to see that he remembers everybody and had yeah. no problem just going up and talking to him and mm-hmm. remembering him was just very interesting to see. Yeah. It's a very it was a very interesting twist on Christmas.
0: Yeah. And like I like the I like the premise. Like I can't believe no one thought of this before, like a grumpy yeah. kid wanting to get revenge on Santa. Yeah. In the worst way.
1: <laughs> it yeah. And I think one thing that makes this movie very good as well is that they really did a good job with making this movie intense. Yeah. It is a very unique Christmas movie. Yeah, It's not like any other Christmas movie you've mm. ever seen before. No. They really, really did a good job with making it intense. In the mm-hmm. final scene, when Walton Goggins actually gets there, and the two of them are fighting in the snow, mm-hmm. I was genuinely on the edge of my seat the first time I watched that.
2: Yeah, because like,
0: it's, it's Santa versus a hitman.
1: Santa versus an actual hitman Who would have thought that that would ever happen on a screen and let alone you be literally on the edge of your seat waiting to see what happens?
0: Have you ever heard of the film Santa Claus Conquers the Martians?
1: No, I don't think so. I've
0: never seen it. It's a very old movie. It's it's Santa Claus versus aliens.
1: That's incredible.
2: This is
0: kind of like the 2020 version of that. (laughs) And I think it's in the public domain. Oh. I don't think anyone cares about it
2: that much. I'm going to go look
1: that up after yeah. this. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. my God.
0: But, um, yeah, Fat Man, like, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Like, it's it's a sight to see. And... It
1: really is. The When my mom brought it up to me, um, she didn't preface anything about it. She just said, have you seen the trailer for Fat Man? She did not mention that it was a Christmas movie. She did not mention she... that it, it was about Santa. She did not mention that it was a movie about a hitman. She did not mention any of that. She just said, have you seen the trailer for it? So, I thought it was going to be like a comedy about a guy who's overweight. And oh boy, was I incorrect. So, judging the film by its name is incorrect to do because you have to see it to experience it.
2: Yeah.
0: And Mel Gibson's not fat.
1: No, he's not.
0: No. Well, I guess that's part of it. Like, he's he's beaten down and stuff. But, like, we're not going to talk about the Mel Gibson of it all. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But he does a good job. But he does a good job. He really works the character into somebody that you're interested in seeing. Yeah. And the one thing about the movie, though, that I think I have told you before, that I think is just kind of off about the movie, is the depiction of the elves in it.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like, they That's just kinda That's
1: kind gotta... of strange. In a wor- in the world where they've made everything else about Santa very realistic to mm-hmm. the world, adding the elves and who the elves are mm-hmm. just feels out of place.
0: Yeah. It it felt like just a bunch of – and I, this is sort of like my one gripe with the movie. I don't know if I wanted them to have a bigger budget or not. Yeah. You know? Because like, yeah. it's just like – it's a bunch of people that are made to look pale with like yeah. Star Trek ears yeah. on. But I feel like maybe if they had a little more money – They could have did better, but I feel like if they had way too much money, this film would have, like,
1: Yeah, then it would have lost its charm.
0: We'd have had this big, like, green screen, like, dogfight in the sky with, like, Walton Goggins on, like, a plane, like, trying to shoot Santa down.
1: No, no, no. Just the what it was was what it needed to be. Yeah. And it it was wonderful.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And now it's part of our annual Christmas watches. Oh,
1: yes, it has. Yeah. It was the the second year that it it is the one-year anniversary of it. Yeah. And I've, my parents and I are gonna wanted to buy it if we weren't able to stream it. Like we were gonna watch this over and over again.
0: Oh, I rented it on a uh, Amazon Prime. That was when what we you did told last. That's what yeah. we did
1: last year. Mm-hmm. But it was the same price to buy. So my mom was like, should oh. just buy it. My dad was just like, you're really gonna we're gonna buy this? We haven't even watched it yet.
0: <laughs> well, it's streaming on Peacock right yep, now. Yeah, that's what we so watched. It this year. That's how I watched it this year. Yeah. Um, why don't we downgrade the violence of Christmas? Well. We'll downgrade it a little bit for this next one. <laughs> keep, uh, keep
1: it a little violent. Get the violent ones out of the way.
0: Pro- probably a more traditional Christmas watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Home Alone.
1: Home Alone. Well, Home- one of my favorite ones. I This mm-hmm. is... Interestingly enough, Home Alone is one of my favorite Christmas movies mm-hmm. that somehow I forget is a Christmas movie every year.
0: I remember when I was little, like, not, re- not like, registering that it's a Christmas yeah. movie, you know?
1: Just, just because... I remember... I watched so in 2019 I was um, going to Tahoe mm-hmm. for Christmas and I was going to spend it with my extended family as opposed to just with my parents. Mm-hmm. And I watched it on the plane. And I think I hadn't seen Home Alone in a little bit before that because mm. I remember thinking, "Wait, this story takes place at Christmas? Yeah. I forgot about that." Mm-hmm. But it's because like you think of just the you know, the violent aspect of home alone with like the (laughs) iconic scene at the end where where the burglars are going through the house and just stepping on nails and getting their heads burnt (laughs) but it's just the thing about home alone that i think i really appreciate is actually how much detail is put into this movie
0: Mm -hmm.
2: there
1: is so much that is so well thought out about this movie yeah in terms of I think specifically towards the beginning of the movie as well. Mm-hmm. This movie puts so much detail into why they forgot Kevin at home. Yeah. That I think a lot of people didn't realize.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I even told my parents this. Um I'm sure you've seen this, but in the scene where they in the scene where they're all yelling at each other in the in the um
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the kitchen when they're knocking all the drinks over and everything. Yep. They throw out his ticket.
2: Oh, I didn't see that.
1: When they knock over the milk and they put all the paper towels together and they're, like, cleaning everything up, yeah, they pick up all the paper towels in the paper and one ticket gets put in there, and that's Kevin's ticket. So they uh-huh. throw out his ticket, which is why they don't remember his ticket, why they don't have an extra ticket when they get on the plane.
2: <sighs> I didn't...
0: See, I only watch this film, like, once a year, so that stuff doesn't always register, but that's really
2: good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, with the stuff with all the... Um, with um the neighbor kid in the bus so that's mm-hmm. why the roll call is down yeah and with the power outage making everybody so frantic that they're not even thinking about him Especially mm-hmm. towards the beginning when they're actually leaving him at home yeah there is so much detail that is put into why kevin is home alone mm-hmm. and that makes me respect this movie so much
0: yeah no john hughes he's he was a great writer and he put a lot of thought into everything he wrote and... so,
1: yeah and this was one thing that I realized actually this year while I was watching mm-hmm. because in the past where I've thought where I've forgotten that this is a Christmas movie, one of the scenes that stood out to me this year was the scene that he goes up and talks to the fake Santa. The mm-hmm. um, at one of the places that's nearby. Or that Santa's just like his little workshop that's like close to his house that he walks mm-hmm. to. That that scene stood out to me in particular because it was like, Hey, this is a Christmas movie and he's a kid. Mm. So it's not there's no reason why he's going to wonder why Santa didn't bring him presents this year, because he specifically asked Santa not to bring him presents. Mm -hmm. He said, bring my family back. And so Mm -hmm. he does. So it's not a Christmas movie about Santa in particular, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but it kind of, like, includes the detail of why this, like, eight-year-old kid isn't wondering why Santa brought him presents. Mm -hmm. Which I think is something very interesting that I had never even thought of until this year.
0: Like... It's a lot more emotional than I think people, like, remember.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like,
0: yeah, there's a lot of the slapstick where he's, like, beating up the burglars yeah. and stuff. But, like, he has, like, a decent, like, fallout with his mom in the beginning. Yeah. And then, like, a very heartfelt reunion with her at the end. And then there's that whole stuff with the old man. Yeah. In the church. And then, like, he's reunited with his family. Yep. Yeah.
1: My mom, every year, when I, I watch this with her every year, she doesn't sleep through it. She watches the whole thing. Good. <laughs> But every time it gets to the scene in the church where she's where he's talking to his neighbor She just goes this is my favorite scene Mm -hmm. And that's because it's like the guy who's supposed to be just kind of this really scary guy who is meant to be this villain You just find out that it's just he wants his family back too. right. It's just this matter of just Family Mm -hmm. and that's really what matters about home alone where everyone just just attributes the movie to oh He got slapped in the face with a paint bucket (laughs) No, it's he doesn't want to get hurt because he wants to see his family again. Yeah, and He's just at, and even one of the things in this movie that i love is that he's trying to play off that he's not home alone so that Mm -hmm. the burglars will leave his house alone. He always tries to like look for his dad whenever it happens. Mm -hmm. Like when he's, when he cuts down the tree and they figure out that he actually is just home alone and he puts the tree in there and they're looking at him through the window and he like looks in the ornament is like, sees that they're looking in the window behind Mm him. He just goes, dad, I'm almost done. Uh, Can you come here for a second? So he's trying to play off that his family's still home. And Mm -hmm. while he, even in the middle of like, while they're chasing him, he's just like, where are my, where is my family? Yeah. I want them back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget about with this
2: movie.
0: Yeah. No, John Hughes really, John Hughes, he was very good at adding like comedy to these heartfelt like moments and like really tapping in. We've talked about this before, how he tapped into like the minds of adolescents. Yes. Who wouldn't want to be like, Home alone, yeah. And like Who have wouldn't the lay want to be a kid home Christmas alone having stuff. fun? Yeah, but like, it's not just like, oh, the kid's home alone; he's gonna like cause chaos and like they'll yeah. party, and then he has to like clean it all up before his parents get home. No, it's about being together for Christmas with yeah. your family, which is what's important.
1: And it's clear that I think i have kind of reiterating this point again, but it's clear that he misses his family. It's not yeah. just like he's home alone and he's enjoying. Like clearly, he's enjoying it at yeah. first. Like he's jumping on the bed and he's mm-hmm. sledding out the stairs. Like. He's mm-hmm. having a good time, but he realizes that it's not what he wants. Yeah. and um i'll I'll use this opportunity as a segue in terms of a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Santa Claus really quick. Okay. In terms of talking about family, I think mm-hmm. that that's a good one in terms of family dynamics. Yeah, because that's a
0: big family one.: Exactly, yeah,
1: and because I think it's a very interesting one of I don't know if movies talk about divorced families enough.
0: Not enough. I Not enough, yeah. I don't
1: think. And mm-hmm. this one, as I love the character of Neil very much. I think Neil is such a funny character to begin with. But... Judge
2: Reinhold. <laughs> and his sweaters. <laughs> his
1: sweaters. But I think it does a very interesting job of talking about the dynamic of having a kid at Christmas divorced. Mm-hmm. And so he has two separate parents. Yeah. One of them who he doesn't want to spend time with, one of them that he does want to spend time with, but he's stuck spending... T- with it. Oh, I just forgot. Charlie. I Charlie, almost forgot yeah. his name. Um, where he's stuck spending time with his dad, despite the fact that he doesn't want to. He doesn't mm-hmm. see... It was because of how he spent time with his mom, he doesn't see his dad as that much of a great guy. Right. But as he sees that his dad actually does bring spirit to the holidays and whatever, mm-hmm. despite the... Even if it... Because he became Santa Claus, he sees him as a little bit better. But even yeah. then before he becomes like santa claus santa claus you can see his bond with his dad grow stronger yeah throughout the year Mm -hmm. which i think is a very interesting thing to see in Mm -hmm. just a movie in general
0: yeah no it's 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 want versus it's classic want versus need like scott calvin like he he wants to like get out of this santa claus job that he's been thrust into like well, I mean it's kind of his own fault he killed Santa Claus yeah um but what he needs to do is he needs to embrace the Christmas spirit and in turn embrace his relationship with his son so exactly it's a nice it's a good parallel yeah that runs throughout the movie and yeah like well, where do they go to Denny's Christmas yep. Eve? Yeah.
1: Denny's Christmas Eve. Um mm-hmm. that's one of my dad's favorite scenes ever. Mm-hmm. Just just they're going to Denny's and they see all of the families with the single parent and the kids who don't know how to cook. Yep. Uh, there's one guy with a bandage on his hand. <laughs> just, it's Classic. A, it's a good scene. And yeah. it's a Tim Allen movie, but it has some really good comedy bits in there as well. Yeah. Just like that Denny scene is great. Um and there's other scenes that I'm forgetting right now, but there's some really good bits in that movie mm-hmm. that are just really fun to watch. So the seri- the matter of the movie is very serious, but it's just mm-hmm. a very fun way of looking at it as well. Yeah. And I don't know if the sequels to this movie does justice to it as much.
0: Hot take. Hot take? I love the Santa Claus 2, maybe more than the first one.
1: Interesting. Yeah, okay.
0: I, I, don't, I don't know why. I think maybe because I saw that one in theaters and mm. I, it was one of the... The first DVDs I ever owned. <laughs> okay. But, um.
1: I will say this. I will say this. Um. I wasn't a fan of the Santa Claus 2 as a mm-hmm. kid because I was scared of it. But watching it older, I like the part of him, um, meeting Carol. Yeah. I think that's a good storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I, abs- I, as a kid, I was scared of the, um, the fake Santa. That's fair. Made. That's I, fair. That, that whole that whole storyline like absolutely scared me as a That's kid. That's fair. Um, the scene at the end where all of the elves are fighting the giant nutcrackers that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, that is ingrained in my memory. I hated that scene as a kid. <laughs> I just I couldn't do it. I could not do that scene.
0: I I I do like you said. I love like the whole Scott and Carol relationship. I love how it's sort of like a complete one eighty. You know, like he mm-hmm. didn't want to do Santa, but now he's like he's into yeah. it. Yeah. And now he's starting to neglect his son again. Yeah. Sort of. And so it's sort of like trying to find that balance yeah. again.
1: But at the same time, it's also sort of building up a family again because he lost right. his wife. Mm-hmm. Or, well, not lost his wife, but like...
0: Metaphorically. Metaphorically, he yeah. lost
1: his wife. And mm-hmm. now he's trying to rebuild a relationship. Yeah. Which is another very interesting concept that you don't see a ton of.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I think is a very... Just a very interesting thing to explore in a Christmas movie, of all things. Yeah. In Yeah, in terms of Santa and Mrs. Claus.
0: Yeah. And these films, like you said, they they promote a healthy, divorced family yes. relationship. Yeah. It's great. Like, he, like, Scott has a very nice relationship with the new daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think what I love about the maybe this is why the film is stuck in my memory so much. Uh, Chet the Reindeer. <laughs>
1: yes i forgot about i
0: I, that. Love, I love I love the reindeer that. that sounds like the Rugrat <laughs> I
1: forgot about that
0: yeah he sounds like Phil from Rugrats and it's perfect <laughs> i I'm not gonna do the voice, but i just that's I awesome. think that's what yes, really
1: I love that very much yeah
0: so yeah, there's a lot of films like, the theme throughout Christmas films of like you know cautionary tales be careful what you wish for and mm-hmm. then like you know embracing family and Christmas and stuff um I don't know. What should we do next?
1: I think a good one to transition into from Tim Allen becoming Santa Claus to Santa Claus becoming himself with Santa Claus is coming to town.
0: Oh, my God. We we're just going to talk about Rankin Bass specials for like 20 minutes.
1: I feel like I've done some good segues today. I'm very you proud have. of You've myself. You've done a very
0: good job. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Santa Claus is coming to town. It is my favorite of all the Rankin Bass that's specials. That's a very good one. It is a very good one. That's it a, that's
1: a one. classic one. Of, yeah. Other than just the fact that you made a lip dub of it.
0: No. (laughs) Yeah. That's
1: a very good one to begin with. I Mm -hmm. think that's another one that like really thinks through details very well. Right. Like answering all of the children's questions about how Santa came to be. Yeah. Which is a very fun concept to see. It's Mm -hmm. very interesting to see Santa younger. Yes. Trying to become and Mm -hmm. like growing up to become Santa. Yeah. Because, like, alternatively to Tim Allen's one, he was just thrust into the position. He didn't want to, and then yeah. it, he saw an opportunity to become close with his son, so he did it. Yeah. But with this one, it was just, I grew up becoming, as a toy maker, and I wanted to bring joy to kids, mm-hmm. which is another very fun thing to see. It's somebody who genuinely just wanted to spread love and happiness in a place where there clearly wasn't very much with Meister yeah. Burger, Burgermeister. Yeah.
0: No, this, it's, he's made a very, like, Admirable protagonist that you can root for. And yeah, I've said this before. I think the best Santa Claus is the Santa Clauses in film and TV are the ones that present Santa as just a human being. Yes, that makes him more accessible. Like he can be a person like yeah. you and me. Yeah, and yeah, he. It you benefit from seeing him as a young man growing into this role.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite parts of this one in particular is his. Um, the scene where he's in the, the forest and mm-hmm. he meets the winter warlock. And he oh, like, I do love that and scene. And he breaks him down. Da- yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. I forgot that that is particularly <laughs> that, that's the scene the whole, where That's the whole I lip-dub that right that there. that's the lip-dub one. But yeah. just even, like, the talking parts of it. Yeah. You can tell that even if he is scared of the fact that this winter warlock is, like, about to break his knees... <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's gonna die. <laughs>
1: he's gonna die. He's still just thinking, how can I make this guy happy? What mm-hmm. toy can I give this guy that's just going to give him some joy, yeah, and it's- yeah it's not just like I need to fight this guy or I need to mm-hmm. escape it's I'm going to like be a rational person and mm-hmm. treat him as if he's a rational person as well, right. and that benefits him, mm-hmm. and that benefits him for the rest of the movie as well,
0: yeah, even, which yeah, even in like his potential final moments, he's sticking to his yeah. guns and be like, "Hey, I have a present for you,
1: yeah, and it's it not just sticking to his guns, just, like, in terms of... That's what he knows. Mm-hmm. He knows that people want to seek compassion. Right. And not even just people. Even a winter warlock yeah. who's bloodthirsty <laughs> at this point. He could give him a toy train and <laughs> melt that.
0: And just... He's converted. He, he's born again.
1: And he makes a friend out of him. He, mm-hmm. he finds an ally. Yeah. And... Just because he showed him some compassion that others hadn't shown before.
0: Yeah. And even, like, when he meets the Burgermeister, he does the same thing. Like, yeah. hey, you're under arrest. Here, have a present.
1: Have a yo-yo of <laughs> yeah, all Yeah, have things. a
0: yo-yo. <laughs> and, like, it, he's just a good guy. Yeah. He doesn't, like, there's no final battle or anything. Yeah. He just, he runs. He turns the other cheek. Yeah. He becomes a fugitive.
1: Even even when he does give Burgermeister the toy, and mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily make any enemies throughout the movie, other right. than Burgermeister. Even in mm-hmm. the moments where the two of them actually meet each other, yeah, they don't. They're not like enemies. No, he's he's just like okay. So you're not a great guy. Have a yo-yo. You're we're gonna be like friendly to each other in mm-hmm. this moment. Yeah, where they're protagonist antagonist, but mm-hmm. they're not like clash clashing with each other. Yeah, they're they're for that moment cute voice crack of mine <laughs> for that moment they're on the same side
0: i'm sorry um yeah. we're gonna take a break
1: <laughs> quick sip of water to quick sip refresh of water after that um
0: no i think it all plays into the final message that the the fred astaire postman puppet says at the end About, like, what would happen if we all tried to be like Santa, and then, like, maybe if we all followed his lesson, there finally would be peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Yeah. I won't give the whole quote, even though I've probably posted it on social media every year since 2017, (laughs) but...
1: Five days of Christmas, or 25 25 days...
0: 25 days days days
2: of of Christmas.
0: Christmas. Hashtag it, tweet it, gram it. Um, Should we talk about its, its sequel? I think it is a sequel. The Year Without a Santa Claus? Yes. I consider it a sequel.
1: I think I do, too. I, I mean, think, these... Yeah.
0: I don't think everyone realizes, but these are all sort of in the same universe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mickey Rooney plays Santa in these two films and then, like, across a few others. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have the same Frosty, the same Rudolph and stuff. It's,
2: yeah.
0: It's a cinematic universe. It's a
1: Christmas cinematic it's, universe? It's
0: the Rankin-Bass Christmas cinematic universe. It's
1: the CCU. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it did end in an Avengers-style film. It did. <laughs> With Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July
1: i forgot that that yeah
0: that that exists and it's it's a ride we're not gonna talk about it now we're gonna save that for for next year but let's talk about the year without a santa claus year without
1: a santa claus is i believe my mom's favorite
0: it's a great one
1: that and that's easily one of my favorites as well Mm -hmm. because it again takes a very different twist on who the idea of santa is yeah where, that's a good theme throughout all of these a good idea of who santa is mm-hmm. where this one in particular talks about less of who he is what he's growing up to become who he mm-hmm. will be and more of just his role in society
2: mm-hmm.
1: within the christmas of normal people yeah where it's you see that people are starting to to think oh he doesn't matter that much and then you kind of realize that oh he he is a part of everything he yeah is showing some compassion giving people presents and mm-hmm. just being an all-around magical figure that you should believe in giving yeah. you something to believe in mm-hmm. and is what you need to see at christmas
0: yeah it, hu- it humanizes santa again yeah. and like i feel like the year without a santa claus is more relevant now than it was like i don't know how many years ago because santa in this movie is just like I'm done.
1: Yeah. I don't want
2: to do this anymore. I'm,
1: I'm sick. It's yeah. You could almost say that in a way, this is a very odd comparison to make. Mm-hmm. That Santa and Fat Man Santa. They're not the same character because clearly that's not Mel Gibson.
2: No.
0: <laughs> no, it's not.
1: But in a way, they kind of are showing the same message. Yeah. Of a Santa Absolutely. who is kind of sick and tired of his job. He's sick of people mm-hmm. being naughty and not caring about being compassionate or sh- believing in christmas in what christmas is supposed to be mm-hmm. then they both kind of give that message of i want to reinvent the idea of what christmas should be yeah. and it's a more compassionate mm-hmm. less naughty more nice type of christmas
0: yeah he learns to appreciate what he has and um it's sort of like what, what, I, don't know. I don't know what thought i'm trying to say here is um I guess I'm trying to say is Santa realizes how important he is. Yeah. And how much people actually care about what he does yeah. and who he is. And this is my turn for a good segue. This is where Santa learns he really has a wonderful life.
1: <laughs> good job. Good job. Score. Nailed it. So this one has stood out to me ever since you told me that this was one of your favorite movies ever. It is. And not just a Christmas movie.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
1: yeah you told me that for my my senior project. Yeah, for your
0: senior project which started us on this journey. Yep. Um have yeah. you seen it yet?
1: I've seen most of it. Okay. I haven't seen it in its entirety, but I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of it and I know basically
0: Yeah, it's all it's a it. lo- it's a long. Well, it's it's only 2 hours which I I always felt it was longer than that, but yeah, it's it tells George Bailey, he's this young man. You see his whole mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Like you see all the sacrifices He's made throughout his life from adolescence, 20, saved his brother from drowning in the river Mm -hmm. to like taking over his father's business instead of going off to college and stuff. You see like how much he's given throughout his life. And we sort of spend the first hour of the film beating this man down. Yeah. And like you see him go through his struggles and stuff. And finally on Christmas Eve, like he's facing bankruptcy and like prison time and He's considering entering enter ending his life and then
1: not entering his life no not
0: entering the afterlife (laughs) um and then his guardian angel shows up and in a moment of frustration george bailey says like i wish i'd never been born and then the clarence the angel goes all right bet here you go
1: (laughs) this is what would happen
0: and he gets to see how much he's affected the people around him and stuff and like if his if he didn't save his brother in the river then his brother doesn't grow up to be in the military and his brother was a military hero who saved a bunch of people on a transport so all <laughs> those people died and then um like his his uncle who was little lucy and yeah. he still is even at the end of the movie a lot of this is uncle billy's fault i'm just going to put that out there <laughs> right Damn it, now uncle billy. it is uncle billy's fault he lost the money <laughs> um uncle billy goes to the asylum um Ooh. i don't what happened to what happens to Mary? His wife doesn't really age well, but apparently, if George Bailey was never born, Mary would just become an old maid and work at the library.
2: Oh, jeez, okay. Which is
0: not the best or the most timeliest alternate universe no. for this character, but I think it's a very powerful message of like realizing like, hey, you affect a lot of people in your life, and yeah. like you've got a lot of value that maybe you don't realize all the time, and then yeah, it's all like it's. The, the back half of the movie takes place on Christmas Eve, but you see this man's whole life. Yeah. But Maybe. I think why it's so much about Christmas is because, like, he's given all his life. Mm-hmm. And then on Christmas Eve, this entire community gives back to him. Yes. I think that's what ties it back to Christmas.
1: So this is a l- slight tangent, but it is also about It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. This is something that my dad told me. Mm-hmm. Um Shoot, I'm forgetting his name right now. What's the actor behind? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart, yes. I knew that. Um, Jimmy Stewart, before this movie was made, he was a war vet, and he had Mm -hmm. severe PTSD because of all of this.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so he was in a very similar place to Mm -hmm. George Bailey before this movie was made. Mm -hmm. And so making this movie after everything that he had been through in World War II Mm -hmm. was therapeutic to him. Yeah. This movie, in a way, not only worked to show off the character, Mm -hmm. but actually was good to him as well. Yeah. So it's a story for literally anybody who'd been through anything. Yeah. Showing that you matter. Yeah. It's basically the point of the movie. And seeing it in a Christmas sense is a good time to watch it because that means you could see it. It's not just one that you could watch at Christmas. You could watch it any time of year, but that means that there is a point where it's Mm going to come back. It's not just one that you will forget about and yeah. think about later on.
2: Mm-hmm. It'll come back every year. Yeah.
1: And it'll show you every year that you still matter no matter how many Christmases you go through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you matter and It's a Wonderful Life matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's kind of where, like, I remember, like, I did this for It's a Wonderful Life for the cinema series mm-hmm. years ago here at BCAT and, like, I said, like, not offhandedly in my presentation, like, I think this film is important and I think this film matters and, like, I was re-watching and I was like, oh my God, is that where this came from? You
1: predicted your own podcast. I was, like, I
0: was like, wow, what happened there?
1: Oh my God, you were prepared.
0: But yeah, I think this is a film everyone should see. And I think it, Yes. it's therapeutic in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And like you said, I think it's perfect for Christmas because Christmas is sort of like a celebration at the end of the year. And yeah. maybe like a really hard year like this one. Yeah. So I, if you haven't watched it yet, maybe watch it right now. Yeah. Turn this off. Don't turn it off. No,
1: stay. <laughs> stay until we're done and then go watch it.
0: Um, I don't have a cool segue to the um,
1: next
0: one. That was my one cool segue. Sorry. Oh,
1: let's see if I have a good segue. So talking about people that matter, let's talk about Charlie Brown real fast.
0: Charlie, that's actually a really good segue.
1: Talking about people that matter, let's talk about Charlie Brown.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Charlie
1: Brown is... One of my dad and I's favorite to watch together. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, whenever we watch this, we don't sit down and just watch it.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: always put this on when we decorate our Christmas tree. Oh, that's nice. And we can quote this movie together. Fully. I love it. We we will have our backs to the TV, but we will know exactly what is coming up next. And we will just say it to each other as it goes. And we will say it together as well, which is very fun. But... um. Charlie Brown himself is a very interesting character, not only in the Christmas one, but through all of his holiday specials.
0: Yeah, just his whole existence, really.
1: Charlie Brown's existence. Mm-hmm. Charlie Brown's existence matters. <laughs>
0: it does, and I, I have related to Charlie Brown many times throughout my life. Exactly.
1: The character of Charlie Brown is such a good figurehead for somebody who has been put through, not I don't want to use traumatic, but has been put through a situation that is never ideal.
0: He's been put through the ringer, and yeah. he's only like eight.
1: Yeah, he's a child, but he's been through a lot between yeah. the people around him and the adults around him, mm-hmm. and just kind of just everything that you see in all of the Christmas specials or all of the all of the specials. Mm-hmm. He puts up with a lot. Yeah. But at the end of Charlie Brown, you see everyone come together and show him that hey, it's not such a bad little tree.
0: Yeah. It, after they've like
1: after they after they've after dumped they on him for twenty him, minutes, they tore him apart. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, they're like, "Hey, we shouldn't have done that." Right. You matter, Charlie Brown. Merry yeah. Christmas.
0: I think Charlie Brown and Christmas is sort of like this perfect combo because Charlie Brown is always trying to stay optimistic, even though he's always being beaten down. And yeah, Christmas is the time to like boost up your optimism. Opti- optimism that that's the word I'm looking for helping you out Um, and he's struggling because life is still tough for him even during Christmas and Mm. like he thinks like right, I'll do I'll do a Christmas play I'll get a tree and like the serotonin will fill me and I'll be like all about it yeah but like he gets a tree
2: yeah and
0: his punk classmates (laughs) just like dump on him for it and then Linus tells him what really Christmas is all about yeah and so then he realizes like you know what this tree's great. I'm gonna do my thing, and then he goes home. And yeah, even in that moment, he's still kind of beat down because, like, he puts the no. I can't. Remember. Oh wow, I'm really like. Does he put the ornament on the tree when he gets home?
1: He gets to Snoopy's doghouse. He yeah. gets to the doghouse, takes the ornament off of the doghouse, puts it on the tree, and then it falls That's over. Right. And then he walks away. Yeah. And then since he's next to the doghouse, that wins first prize. <laughs> first prize. My own dog gone commercial.
0: <laughs> we love Snoopy.
1: <laughs> we love Snoopy in this house. Uh. Um, but they all come over and they realize that this tree still—that this tree, no matter how how pathetic it
2: looks—they
1: mm-hmm. realize that it matters. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yep. it was never such a bad little tree. Right. They take all the other ornaments off and they put it on, and they realize that, hey, on the surface it looks kind of pathetic, but. It can be built up. It just, right. needs, it just needs a little love.
0: Exactly. Thank
1: you, Linus. <laughs> Char-
0: Maybe not just the tree. Maybe Charlie Brown needs and a little Charlie love, And Charlie
1: Brown too. needed it as well. Yeah. And so at the beginning, you can see that he's feeling neglected by everybody. Yeah. And then you, it kind of changes where it's just a different form of neglect. Yeah. But then, and it wasn't ever that he was looking for attention or anybody mm-hmm. or anything. He was looking for just somebody to acknowledge him. Yeah. Properly. Mm-hmm. And so just having some form of acknowledgement was what made him just feel the Christmas spirit again. Yeah. Especially in, in the world of just how much of they made Christmas about consumerism at that point. Yeah. Where it's just, just, <laughs> my own dog gone commercial. Like, I, I really can quote a lot of this. Um. But um, just just see even his dog going commercial, them making about the play about just everything that it was, just about going to get presents and everything. Mm-hmm. It was less about the spirit of Christmas, not necessarily the Bible verse that Linus reads off, right. but just in a way, just thinking about Christmas in terms of the actual spirit of it all and not just the, the going out and buying stuff right. or making things pretty.
0: Yeah, no, it says a lot about the spirit of Christmas because Christmas is the time where you, you lend a hand to the less fortunate, right? Yeah. And you resolve your differences and you put on your best self. And I think that's a lot of what's going on in a Charlie Brown Christmas. And really, I think it's just the whole philosophy of Charlie Brown is like, "Hey, life is tough, but you know, don't forget to love each other and don't forget to love yourself." Yeah. No matter how, th- how hard things get, not Christmassy, but if you really love Charlie Brown, um, watch the very first, um, the very first film that he did, or that it, the very first traditionally hand-drawn Charlie Brown film. It's called The Boy Named Charlie Brown. It came out in the eighties.
1: I've heard of it. I don't think it's, I've seen it, but I know of it.
0: Uh, like, I think everyone should watch that one. Yeah. I think it's beautiful.
1: Um one, And also the
0: 2015 one from Blue Sky is really nice, too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, One other just quick thing about Charlie Brown that makes mm-hmm. it matter specifically to me, and this is something that I actually learned this year that mm-hmm. I think is very interesting. Charlie Brown Christmas came out in 1965, mm-hmm. which is the same year that my dad was born. Oh, wow. So this is a film that my dad grew up watching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's also a film that I grew up watching. Yeah. So like I said, the two of us will go in the back room and start decorating our tree together and we'll both quote it to each other. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's something that both of us have grown up with and have known our entire lives. Yeah. Despite having mm-hmm. different generations, it's something that both of us have ingrained in our memories and yeah. we'll think about every single year. We watch this together, mm-hmm. despite it being something from my dad's childhood. Mm-hmm. all of these years later, even for I'm an 18-year-old college student and my dad is a college professor, mm-hmm. the two of us watch this together and both see this as a staple of our childhoods.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. Which is very sweet. Yeah. It uh, sort of reminds me of my connection to Beauty and the Beast because Beauty and the Beast came out the year I was born. <laughs> so it's like he grew up with Charlie Brown. I grew up with Beauty and the Beast. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, Very cool. Um, I think I have a segue. Go maybe. for it you say you can quote charlie brown verbatim i can quote the grinch verbatim Did i write the grinch down
1: i don't know if you i didn't write the down. grinch down i think i told you that we can talk about it because okay. that's a good one but i yeah. don't know if you're it down.
0: well i mean i i could talk about the i can talk about all three versions of the Grinch.
1: <laughs> i know i can talk about the original hand-drawn one and i think i can and i can talk about the jim carrey one i haven't seen the new one fully though
0: the new one is a lot better than i expected really I walked into that film wanting to hate it, because I was like, "This is just gonna be like despicable me, but with the Grinch." And then, like, I'm just like, at the end of the movie, I'm like, "Oh, that was that was terrible."
1: <laughs> that, would, that would hit more than it should have.
0: It did. It really did. Like, it's kind of like, uh, it's a millennial Grinch. <laughs> like he's, he doesn't want to deal with people. He just wants to stay home and like, eat his feelings because like.
1: That doesn't sound familiar. No, not
0: at all. (laughs) Um, Because the real world to him is very, like, cruel and, like, unforgiving and, like, doesn't care about, like, individuals like him. Mm -hmm. And then, like, spoiler alert. I mean, I I don't know if it's a spoiler. But at the end, he says, like, I realize now that I didn't hate Christmas, like, I hated being alone.
2: Mm-hmm. and he's
0: like and now i have all of you and i don't have to be alone and i have you all to thank for it yeah. sorry i spoiled the 2018 that's okay. for you list.
1: that's okay. okay i
0: mean i i don't think i'm spoiling it for it's, you
1: it's just kind of a different iteration of what the grinch is at all and just mm-hmm. kind of saying kind of what the other grinches are but mm-hmm. with a different message in a way yeah because i know specifically in the other two that it, it kind of is the same way, where he's mm-hmm. angry at what Christmas represents as he's yeah. stuck up in his mountain by himself. Right, where he everybody's wants,
0: partying down yeah, below.
2: He can yeah. tell
1: that everyone down below him is happy while he's not. And mm-hmm. he, in a way, no matter how much he doesn't want to admit it, that's what he wants. He right. wants the happiness that everyone else has. And so he just figures instead of going down and joining them and being happy with them, he mm-hmm. thinks he needs to take it away from them. Yeah. But that's not... At least in the original, that's what it is.
0: Right. Like he He, takes away the. He thinks, like, I'm going to steal Christmas. But what he's really stealing is, like, the physical, the consumerism representation. He's stealing the consumerism representation.
1: He's not stealing the spirit of Christmas. And that's shown when. All in the original, when all the who's go out and stand right. in a circle mm-hmm. hand in hand and they all sing. Yeah. They haven't lost the spirit of Christmas despite the fact that they don't have the material goods that Christmas brings. Yeah. They're still enjoying the spirit of the holiday. And mm-hmm. he realizes at that, that moment that that's what he wanted as well. Yeah. So as much as he stole all the consumer goods of Christmas, yeah. He still goes down and joins them. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that that's what would make him happy at the end.
0: Yeah. And I think that moment works in all three versions like they get that message across all three yeah um
1: and it's just it's the same story told in three very different three very very different different visual
0: methods methods. yeah you have the classic hand-drawn animation you have you've got the jim carrey version you've got the jim carrey and like i know it's not good but i love it it's a guilty pleasure
1: I'll allow that. It, I love that. I think that the story of it is a very interesting story. I just don't think that the visual of it is that appealing. Well, so he, it's not one of my favorites because I don't think it's that visually appealing. But I think not. that the message of it is very interesting. Because you see the story of the Grinch of not just, hey, it's this guy in a mountain. You kind of get a little bit more backstory into who he right. was and why he was so angry at everyone to begin with.
0: It's a very convoluted backstory. Like, they made fun of him because he tried to shave. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to rage out of here. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I feel like they spent all this money building, like, this whole Whoville set and, like, all these costumes and, like, making everyone look like Who's. And, like, you expect, like, okay, it's Christmas. It's going to be bright. It's going to be vibrant. And, like, the whole film looks like they put, like, a desaturation filter on it. Yeah. Which is, I don't understand why they did that. Which is a little weird. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a little cynical, and there are some jokes that I'm just, like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, okay.
0: But I I can quote Jim Carrey the entire film verbatim. And that is a perfect example of a lead actor carrying a film the entire time. Oh, yeah. Like, can someone get Jim Carrey an ice pack for his back? Yeah. For carrying this whole film? Yeah,
1: somebody get him a nice uh, ergonomic couch because his back definitely hurts after that one.
0: Yeah. Um, and I just... It's not even, like, the biggest moment of the film, but... When he's driving the little car, when he's driving the little car, and then he spins out and crashes. And then he's like, it's
2: gonna blow.
0: And he slow motion runs away. And this tiny car turns into a Michael May explosion. I don't know. I don't. We don't know why these things make us laugh, but it makes me laugh every time.
2: Every time. It's
0: we don't know why these silly little jokes and Christmas movies get to us. <laughs> Speaking of another joke in a little Christmas movie that gets to me, <laughs> let's talk Prep and Landing.
1: Yes! Yes! Prep and Landing is one that I am very interested in because it's a newer one. Similar to Fat Man, it's kind of a newer yeah. one that I don't think enough people have really seen and appreciated. Right.
0: We don't get a lot of, like, well, thanks to Hallmark and Netflix we do, but we don't get a lot of, like,
1: We don't get a lot that we see as classics. Yes. There are a lot that just feel mass produced. This Mm -hmm. one doesn't. This one felt like it actually like took some time and they really This
0: was genuine.
1: They put some effort into this one and they really put yeah. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) speaking of the Rev up the engines. Yeah.
0: Yeah It's it's such a creative little film. Like first off, like the premise of like these elves go and prep houses before Santa gets there. That's a brilliant premise. Yes. And then like every little like Joke and like little detail is yeah. amazingly well thought out.
1: Yes, I think the idea of you. There's a lot of stories about Santa. There are a lot of stories about the kids, and mm-hmm. while there are stories about elves, like you know, elf, they're
0: not yet, not, we'll, yet. We'll get, we'll get not yet.
1: We'll get there. We'll get there. We can transition into that <laughs> yeah. after. But I don't know if there's like a good amount of stories that treat elves the way that this one does. No, because this one is just so unique. Mm-hmm. Whoever would have thought of treating elves as if they were little secret agents, little oh my spies? God, it's,
0: it's wonderful. Going
1: around the houses yeah. with their little gadgets, mm-hmm. and just the we- the amount of detail that they put into prepping the house—it's mm-hmm. just I the I know that I have heard Nat King Cole's Christmas song so many times yeah. every year, mm-hmm. and every time I hear it on the radio at Christmas, I expect it with... for it to get cut off by the sound of them putting out the fire. Every time I think of that, that's what I think of right at the beginning because it's wonderful. And then just like the – I love the animation of this movie as well. I think it's just very satisfying to watch.
0: Yeah, it's really great animation for a half hour short.
1: Yeah, for a half hour short that came out in I think 2011, 2010, something like that. 2010, yeah it's very fun to watch mm-hmm. and just having them like come down the chimney and then just roll around the house and yeah. scan everything and
2: it's brilliant it's
1: so fun to watch i remember the first time i watched it and the, like the little gingerbread um little, device like, that they have remote
0: control yeah, yeah. Little,
1: i love that i wanted one of those
0: i there's got to be phone covers like that oh
1: there has to be because that's got I'm it that would be incredible it's which every every christmas you got to put that on your phone case yeah there you I'd,
0: go. i'll do it year-round i don't care
1: <laughs> that's um, perfect And just that one, for a new film, they really did put some effort into, like, actually making that a Christmas unique Christmas classic. Yeah. Which is very fun. And I think the sequel does a very good job of that as well. Mm -hmm. And continuing Mm -hmm. with the first one, I think the message of it as well, Mm -hmm. talking talking about the magic of Christmas as Mm -hmm. well. While we've talked about people losing their interest in their job.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs)
1: We have talked right. about people losing interest in their job. He Lanny's losing interest Lanny's in losing being interest a in prep. His job. In, he's losing interest in being a prep and landing elf. He wants more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But then while he's training, La- wait, I messed up their names. Wayne and Lanny.
0: Wayne is the yeah. Wayne is the seasoned one, yeah. and Lanny's Wayne like is the, the enthusiastic one. The new new one.
1: I messed that up. Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. That's okay. But Lanny's he sees Lanny's enthusiasm for what he's doing and how much he really cares about Timmy, putting him to bed and everything. Yeah. He really shows what the magic of Christmas is all about to him again, despite being put in such a weird situation. Mm -hmm. It's a very, you really see him regain, and you don't ever see an elf lose his magic of Christmas. Right. So to see that is a very interesting concept. Mm -hmm. And then continuing on to the sequel,
2: you talk about
1: rebuilding family relationships again. So this one kind of takes a very interesting twist on all of that, where it's like you see these themes in other Christmas specials, but mm-hmm. you don't see them from the perspective of an elf. You can see that right. it happens to the, anyone, literally, mm-hmm. even just a Christmas elf. Yeah, You see the split between Wayne and Noel, his brother.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: having them work together, you see them kind of rebuild their bond while they right. t- have kind of Christmas mm-hmm. nostalgia,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is very sweet.
0: So we've, we've discovered two tropes in christmas movies which is protagonists being just done with their life or their (laughs) jobs and then rebuilding family bonds yep we're we're deconstructing christmas movies okay but there's two
1: tropes that matter they
0: (laughs) put the nbc the more you know gif over that perfect um i just i've yeah, like it's so incredible. I love the attention to detail in yep. that film. Like even in the dialogue, like code name tree skirt, yep. or like bring me big red, or like figgy pudding, and yeah. then like. Who-
1: I I um one of my favorite lines in there is um, I initiate, I initiated list redundancy protocol. <laughs> that is just such a beautifully written line. I love that so much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And they use the word tinsel as, like, cool.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I remember. I, that, this is
1: so tinsel.
0: It's great. And what is it? Thrasher? the Thrasher the, reindeer, the reindeer. The reindeer that transports them? Yep. I can't even remember. I can't remember the line. Like, I thought he was a myth. And he's like, I am a I myth. I am a myth. And then I, I don't remember what he says, but he's, like, got the candy cane in his yeah. mouth. Like, it's a cigarette.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, oh, what is the other um, I know I already mentioned the rev up the engines one where they're hyping up the, the reindeer. The reindeer are incredible. But one of my, the two, my two favorite, my two other favorite jokes in that are also reindeer related. Eight maids of milking come in, eight maids of milking I really hate that call sign. What's up, McGee? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the, like, Dancer is like the panicky one. Like, we're not gonna make it, man. <laughs> it's like, keep it together.
1: <laughs> That's another, well, what's the other one? Um cut the engines and they all just lift up their legs
0: (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) that's
1: such a good one there's so much attention to detail they did that so well i love it
0: watch all three on disney plus right now
1: it's uh, yes that's absolutely worth your time yeah that won't even take you that long that'll take you a little over an hour
0: take you an hour at most
1: yeah they're both half hour-ish and then the third one is like a 10 minute minute one so yeah. yeah that's an hour of your time yeah that's a good use of an hour
0: she got another one. We got another prep and landing.
1: Prep and landing three.
0: Yeah. Did you know there was a comic book? There was? Yeah. I didn't know that. And it was like it was a Marvel comic book and they were like prepping the Avengers headquarters for Santa. Yeah. No
1: way. Wait, did I, that come out before or after? This came
0: out a while ago. Like two thousand like eleven or twelve.
1: Ah, so it came out at about the same time. Okay. Yeah. So Ooh.
0: Gotta find that one.
1: I gotta look that up. Okay. Uh,
0: so we that's gonna, fun. We can talk about Elf now?
1: Yeah, I guess we gotta talk a about fi- a Elf. A film now.
0: That, that doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. And not at all.
1: Elf is not one of my favorite ones, mm-hmm. but it is one that I enjoy when I watch. Yeah. It's not what I. Honestly, I think I liked seeing Elf the Musical more than I like watching Elf every year.
0: Elf the Musical is pretty great.
1: Elf the Musical was surprisingly charming. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. We went and watched it because my dad was given tickets. And so <laughs> we went. We didn't intend to go see it. And then when we went and saw it, we were all like, yeah, that was fun. Are
0: you talking. Are you talking about the VHS version? Did no, you...
1: I saw it in Boston oh, okay. at you... one point. So I saw like the, uh, like the Wait, actual- Wait, when did you official? see it in Boston? A couple years ago. I saw
0: it in 2015.
1: I don't remember what year, okay. but I saw it pre-pandemic. I know that.
0: All right. Well, 2015 is pre-pandemic.
1: That's true. That is pre-pandemic. I don't remember But but we, but we both saw- But we both saw it in professional
0: Boston. Professional and we saw the VHS version. Yes. Yes.
1: So it's surprisingly charming. It is. It's very interesting to mm-hmm. see- I think almost the music aspect adds just, like, a little bit more charm to the characters in a way.
0: For sure. Just a little bit. Yeah. And music kind of applies to, like, Christmas movies and specials. I mean, all the Rankin-Bass ones are musical.
1: That's true. And also, at the end, literally of Elf, they're literally talking about, like, singing adds Christmas cheer. Mm -hmm. But then it's not a musical movie. It's not a musical. It's not a musical movie other Mm -hmm. than just, like, the singing that's, like, occasionally thrown in. So I Mm -hmm. don't know what they were thinking with that one. I don't know. Uh, t- they missed an opportunity with that one mm-hmm. but i elf the musical is surprisingly charming uh yeah. I think it has a couple like really good little um like memorable lines from it um mm-hmm. i I do really appreciate the scene of Santa, I know him, you're not Santa, then yeah. they kind of fight each other mm-hmm. that's always a fun scene to watch um I always enjoy the line uh buddy the elf, what's your favorite color <laughs> or the phone um uh, I think that's a great line
0: i I love the, just the whole aesthetic of the film. Yeah. Like, the North Pole is literally a Rankin-Bass special. Like, yeah. He's on a he's on a green screen set, but they make it look That's like... That's
1: what the Grinch should have looked like.
0: Which one? The, the live-action one. Oh, yeah, That's absolutely. what the
1: live-action Grinch should have looked like.
0: Mm-hmm. Like...
1: They turned up the saturation for that one. Yeah.
0: The Rankin-Bass specials are just, like, in the DNA of Christmas at this oh, point. Oh, they are. mean like, the snowman in Elf. Yes. Yes. He's a dressed-up version of the Rudolph yeah. snowman. Yeah. I think they were gonna sue Elf for that too, <laughs> but I was like, even when I was a little kid, I remember like, I got from Rudolph.
1: Yep, I've I've seen it. Like, I know him. What's he doing? De-
0: <laughs> what's he doing here?
1: Hey, hey, wrong universe. It's all connected. So, speaking of Rankin Bass specials, yeah, let's talk about a little bit of a parody of a Rankin Bass special, real quick.
0: Let's talk about about what I I think we're going to talk about.
1: Oh, I think you know what we're going to talk about. Okay. Let's talk about Abed real quick.
0: Welcome to TV that matters. Welcome
1: to TV that matters.
0: Um, yeah, we're talking about. If the, we ever
1: did just a TV that matters, we could talk about just community. For we
0: could a while. just talk about community. I love community, and I love that you love community now. Great
1: show. I'm so glad Absolutely. that it dropped on Netflix. Oh, my God. That was a godsend.
0: Like the best thing that happened in 2020 was putting all of community on Netflix. Best
1: part of 2020 was watching all of community <laughs> on Netflix.
0: But for those that don't know, Community was a sitcom on NBC that ran from 2019 to 2014. 15, 15 you just said
1: ran from 2019 to 2014 did i 2009
0: 2009
1: you said 2019
0: did i wow <laughs> time is a false concept um yeah it ran backwards
1: <laughs> yeah it, it reversed they aired
0: it in reverse uh well the reason is because like season, would. <laughs> season five like nbc canceled it and then like yahoo picked it up yep
1: yahoo stream
0: yahoo, yahoo screen yahoo
1: screen yes yeah
0: Community is the show that destroyed Yahoo. They went bankrupt because they bought community. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: <laughs> Which I think is just it's a badge of honor. That's I, feel n- like for, I feel like for the show. Sh-
1: that show definitely wears it on their chest. I like they yep, should. Yep, we're the ones that broke Yahoo. We're
0: gonna get a we si- we're gonna get our sixth season and we're gonna destroy a search engine <laughs> if we have to.
1: Now, if only they had that same attitude towards making a movie.
0: Six seasons in a movie.
1: Come on, guys.
0: But anyway, Community is about a group of misfits at a community college, um, and then their Christmas episodes are iconic.
1: Yes. Yes, they are.
0: Let's talk about the season two one. Oh, yes. Which I think is the best Christmas episode out of all of them.
1: Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it, like you said, it's a parody of a rankin Bass special because Abed is having like a mental breakdown at Christmas, so he sees the world. As if it was stop-motion animated. As if he
1: was in a Rankin-Bass special. As if he was
0: in a Rankin-Bass special.
1: And they portray it in the same same way, essentially, where yep. everybody is the, the the figures and they're all walking around. And the, yep. they did the whole special that way, which yeah. I think is such a very good thing. for, Which is something that a TV show is such so weird to see. Just a TV show just be like, hey, here you go. Here's an episode fully in stop-motion just for fun. <laughs>
0: Well, that was kind of, like, what Community was doing at that yeah. time. Like, hey, here's a stop-motion episode. Here's a Western. Here's, like, a yeah. Star Wars episode. Yeah. Like, let's just do all these weird genre episodes. Yeah,
1: here's just an episode where they're playing paintball just for fun.
0: Yeah, just, and then, like, to quote yeah. Abed, like, I remember when the show used to be about Community College. <laughs>
1: yeah, I remember when the show used to be. Like, yeah, exa- and just the first song of it where he's just dancing around and they end up tasing him in the end. Yeah. <laughs>
0: This is my favorite. He's that's jumping just... on the cars. Like, you see a little stop motion figure. It's like, what are
1: you doing? <laughs> because the thing about it that's so wonderful is that even by itself, it's a great Christmas special. Right. But it portrays what community is so well yeah. as well. Where all of the characters are still all of the characters. You didn't yeah. change any of that. Mm-hmm. You just put them all in a Rankin-Bass special. Yeah. Which is wonderful. You mm-hmm. have Abed, who's just all, who's very much playing along into the... The theme of the week,
0: which
1: in this episode, and Pass. Mm -hmm. And he's going on his own adventure. And everyone is just kind of like, all right.
2: We're going with him. We're going with him. Yeah.
1: And Troy's, like, excited about everything. And Annie's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And Jeff is being a cynic. And it's just, it portrays all of the characters very well. They didn't feel the need to change anything. Mm Mm-hmm but they also just made it so charming at the yeah. same time. It works very well.
0: Yeah, and you don't I don't think you even have to watch community to appreciate it because Yeah. It's the story spoilers again. Abed is not spending Christmas with his mother this year because she has a new family and then yeah. like he's realizing that Christmas adapts with new traditions and stuff and now he has this new family in the study group. Yeah. And that's so that's That's what Christmas is for, as the song says at the end. that's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas is all about, is spending time with the family you have and the family you make. Yes. Um,
1: And speaking of community Christmas songs.
0: Wait, I got to tell you the fun fact. The reason we have the bottle episode with, like, Annie stealing the pen, the reason we have that episode where they're in the study room the entire time is because this episode took them way over budget.
1: (laughs) That makes sense.
0: Because Dan Harmon's like, yeah, I want to do a stop-motion Christmas episode. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then they're like, wait a minute. He's about to go way over budget. You want to do what? (laughs) It's like, they're making that, and they're like, wait a minute. Like, you are very close to running out of money. (laughs) And then, like, all right. And then, like, it's a bottle episode. (laughs) Which, like.
1: And Community played that off so well. It's just, uh uh-huh. We're going to do a bottle episode. Yep. Just being so self-aware. It's Mm -hmm. wonderful.
0: All right, but then let's go to season three for the...
1: Go to season three.
0: ...the musical episode. Let's
1: talk about Glee.
0: <laughs> let's talk about Glee. The Glee oh, satire. Oh, my
1: goodness. I... Not even just in the Christmas episode, I love how much this show loves to make fun of Glee.
0: <laughs> they never stop.
1: They never stop making fun of Glee clubs in this show. Nope. And it, it makes my heart my heart warm.
0: And it, it gets... It peaks here. And
1: it, it peaks here... I I think very first of all I love Terran Killam as the oh my the director of the Glee Club. That is such a good choice.
0: He he big Glee Club energy. He big has Glee the energy, Club energy so
1: so well. It's so prime. Oh my God, just the scene of him and Abed when he's first like. Mm-hmm, yeah, this is what Glee is all about. You want to do this. It's just so beautiful. It's so funny. And the song is incredible.
0: I remember the first time watching it. He's like, thank you, Abed. They'd be like, you just slow. He turns into the Grinch face. And I was like, what's happening? Oh, I'm like, what is he going to do? <laughs> and then it turns into like this invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. Where he's like, they're picking off study member by study member with musical numbers. Delightful musical numbers. Every
1: music number in there. ...is a classic in its own right. Yes, it is. And, oh, my God, the Christmas rap of Troy and Abed is one of my favorite things that Community has ever produced.
0: Childish Gambino's early origins.
1: Exactly. It's amazing. Just, there he is. He's, there he is. (laughs) Starting early with the side of Childish Gambino the media doesn't want you to see. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things the show has ever done because It's... it's just so beautiful.
0: It is, and... Like, the stop motion, like, it justifies, like, why they're doing this gimmick of the week.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the theme of this, like, the theme of the other one was the Rankin-Bass, and, and this one yeah. they're, they're doing are Doing the musical. Glee. Yeah, they're doing a musical. They're doing an episode of Glee, and they're do. I watched the first three seasons of Glee, I think, and okay. this episode was better than all three seasons of Glee that I watched.
0: I've never watched Glee, but I... You're fe- not missing anything. I know. <laughs> uh, sorry, but-
1: sorry all the viewers that actually like Glee.
0: But I felt I felt the smackdown, and I appreciated it. Oh yeah. Especially in the beginning where they're like they're doing like the mashup.
1: Yup. And then
0: just Cheng just goes out of nowhere and is like, stop. <laughs> and he like throws the cease and desist letter at them and they just they all like I don't even know what to describe what they do. It's a breakdown. They have a it's breakdown. It's a breakdown. Ah. It's a colossal breakdown.
1: The, yeah, they all just collapse to the ground. And yep
0: it's beautiful
1: it's 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 wonderfully created chaos Mm -hmm. and and um some of the songs are are less less um wonderful than others but just Mm -hmm. um just the entire episode overall yeah just also again like the other one doesn't lose any of the magic behind any of the characters. Right. Despite Each song is like beautifully tailored for each of the characters.
0: Happy birthday, Jesus, for sure.
1: Yeah, happy birthday, Jesus, for surely. The Christmas rap, baby boomer, Santa.
0: Even Britta's awkward song.
1: Even Britta's awkward song just is so Oh, Britta's in this?
0: Why don't we let Britta sing her awkward song? (laughs) Me so Christmas, me so merry. (laughs) It's wonderful. Yeah. Six seasons in a movie, please.
1: Please, I request a movie, please. It should
0: be a Christmas movie. I'm it's, just gonna throw that. Oh, Make that the community be, movie a Christmas movie. That
1: would be wonderful.
0: Or you know, just do a regular movie, then do a community Christmas movie. Make it stop motion. Two
1: movies. Two movies. Six seasons and two movies. <sighs> now that get that hashtag trending.
0: I want to back. I'm gonna backtrack for. Did you ever see the stop motion version of Elf?
1: I think I've seen part of it. I don't... I I know I've seen it, but I don't remember if I've seen all of it.
0: Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I, or I, I remember like it. it
1: very vaguely. I remember yeah. what it looks like. I know that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't care for Jim Parsons as Buddy the Elf. I'm just... I'm gonna throw that Jim out there. Parsons Jim was Parsons was... Jim Parsons was the voice of Buddy the Elf in the stop motion. Oh, God, in, no wonder I didn't Buddy's remember it. Buddy's musical adventure. Oh,
1: God, no wonder I didn't remember it.
0: Yeah, it's... They... It's basically, like, it condenses the musical into half an hour, and like, it's got one of the most most bizarre casts I've ever seen ever. Like they Mark didn't... Mark Hamill's in it. Seth MacFarlane's sisters in it. Jay Leno's in it. Gilbert Gottfried is in it. What the hell? It's a weird movie. It's a weird stop motion movie. And but oh? but they got Ed Asner back to play Santa. That's, God that's rest good. his precious soul. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, now that I've derailed this. Okay. Um let's so, talk about one of your favorites.
1: Okay. Yeah. Phineas and
0: Ferb, while we're on the subject of TV. While
1: we're on the subject of TV. I I won't talk about this one for too long because I just... I've talked about this on Linda's show, I think, several times at this point. But just... This episode, speaking of things that I grew up with, Phineas and Ferb was a show that that I believe came out in 2006, 2007. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. It came out when I was a kid. It came out when I was about to start watching Disney Channel. So it was one of the first shows that I ever really started watching. Mm -hmm. And since I was a kid, I watched it with my parents. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And the thing about Phineas and Ferb that is so fun is that you can watch it again as an adult. And you appreciate it even more than when you did when you were a kid. Right. Because everyone in the show talks very fast and uses very big words. And I did not realize this until re-watching the Christmas episode in recent years. There are... Dr. Doofenshmirtz has a song in the Christmas special that uses, like, massive words... That uses, like, really big words that I definitely did not know as a kid. Mm-hmm. He ends the song with, it's just an intense burning indifference. I definitely didn't know what that meant as a child. I definitely was confused. He ended a song with that.
0: (laughs) An intense burning. Can you tell me what this one's about? Like, I know Phineas and Farb, they're they're brothers, and they have all these crazy adventures. But what's the Christmas special about? So the
1: Christmas special is, um, so, where do I start with the Christmas special? So, basically... Dr. Doofenshmirtz, the main villain of the show that mm-hmm. their pet platypus has to go fight. This, saw, this show on paper is just absolutely whack beyond compare, but it's also... I love how of... you just
0: walk by it's their pet just... <laughs> plat- platypus that has to fight him. You just casually walk right by him. You have to watch that.
1: the show. I would say you have to watch the show to understand, but there's really no way to explain the show without sounding insane.
0: There so I'm
1: just gonna I'm just going to gloss over that part. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> so Dr. Doofenshmirtz builds a machine... Mm. To make everybody in Danville be considered naughty by Santa because he wants to find a reason to hate Christmas because he doesn't. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: He always thought that growing up Christmas was a good, decent holiday, Mm -hmm. but he has an excuse to hate everything else except for Christmas, and he's very confused as to why he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So he builds a machine where the entire city of Danville is considered to be naughty. Mm -hmm. At the same time... Uh, Phineas and Ferb are decorating the entire city as a thank you card to Santa Claus, so they're very excited for him to come. Mm-hmm. They have completely decked; they've like wrapped the whole city in like wrapping paper. It's mm-hmm. kind of it's very fun, and also it's a musical, <laughs> just
2: just for ki- just is. for kicks. Yeah,
1: but um, so they find out after do after Dupe's nationator goes off. That the entire city is considered naughty and Santa is no longer coming to see what they've done
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so they figure out how to um, do Christmas on their own in the city okay to kind of rebuild the magic of Christmas through around the city because everyone's very down about how Santa is not going to come okay and so it's a very Without seeing it, it's kind of hard to explain kind of the gist of everything because there's so many little nuances in this episode Mm -hmm. that there's a lot going on that's hard to explain without having the entire episode being seen. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I feel like if anybody listening to this has not seen it, they should go watch it because it's it's a very good episode. It also, speaking of just like small little jokes in there, Mm This is something that I reference year round. I make so many jokes from this at all times, and it's not even like little kid jokes. For like, mm-hmm. this show came out when I was five years old, probably. This episode came out when I was six, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm 18, and this is still one of my favorite Christmas specials that has ever been aired ever. Okay. And one of my favorite jokes, and I reference this with my dad all the time. Just go up and talk to the first person you see. That's how you make friends. I'm never going to another seminar. <laughs> this
0: isn't a children's show.
1: This is a children's show. This
0: isn't a Disney. Animated this is a series. Disney
1: animated children's show. And I'm it's never so. Going to another I'm seminar. never going to another seminar. <laughs> but it's so funny. It's so well written, and it just—it isn't Christmas in the Gillespie household until we've watched this episode because it's a show that I grew up watching, my dad watched with me, and he loves it as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's not Christmas until we've watched this episode and we've, like, we like can quote the thing full the way through. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's for me particularly, I don't know if other people watching this will have the same feeling, but it's definitely a sense of nostalgia for me mm-hmm. because I grew up watching it. It was my favorite TV show. It still is probably one of my favorite TV shows, so having this Christmas special that I can watch every year, especially something that I watch with my dad, it's just uh, very special to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why Phineas and Ferb matters.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sold. Because, like, the seminar line, first of all. And then, like, this Christmas special. I like the theme of, like, making Christmas happen without Santa. I like that. Yeah. That sounds very cool. I'm going to watch like, it.
1: Awesome. The premise of Phineas and Ferb, essentially, for anyone who didn't actually know what Phineas and Ferb was, is it's these two stepbrothers that are very inventive and they like to do things on their own and they're trying to do this with just a couple of their friends and they build these very elaborate inventions.
0: I didn't know they were stepbrothers. Wow. They're stepbrothers. Yeah. Okay. How I mean, I know. come
1: up a couple times today. No, both of their parents, both of their parents were remarried. They both had separate children. Okay. So. Phineas has an older sister, Candace, and then yep. Ferb was an only child. Mm-hmm. They have a joint family. All right. So, Phineas and Ferb are just stepbrothers.
0: No, I think I need to check this out because, like, I've seen it everywhere. And, like, yeah. I, I have a friend who's my age, and she's obsessed with it. And, like, I guess there's, like, some Star Wars episodes and yep. some, like, Avengers episodes. So.
1: Oh, the Avengers episode. That's a good episode, yeah. too.
0: And it's, and it's Disney. So, frankly, I don't know why I haven't checked it out yet.
1: It's a great show. And they. the they build very crazy things. Like, they build, like, roller coasters, and they build, like, sp- they go to space a couple times. Like, okay. they do these very elaborate things, Then and their point is that they just want to enjoy their summer. Mm-hmm. So the entire show, other than, like, their special episodes, like their Christmas episode, takes yep. place all over the summer. And so this is, like, their one episode that takes place in the winter. And so you see that they, like, believe in Santa, and they mm-hmm. love Santa, and they, like, idolize Santa because of how much he can accomplish at once.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so... Not to spoil the episode, but mm-hmm. spoiler alert, I'm going to do it anyway.
0: All right, that's fine.
1: So the very end of the episode, Santa does end up coming to Danville to, okay. meet, to meet them.
2: Mm-hmm. But,
1: he, does, but he, say, he comes up to Phineas and goes, thanks for doing the Danville run for me. And so they kind of go around to all of the characters, and it kind of addresses what all of their like Christmas wish was, what mm-hmm. they all wanted. And so Phineas wrote, writes letters to Santa every year. Okay. So Santa pulls out the letter to Santa and he goes, "And what Phineas wrote was, "All I want for Christmas this year is an opportunity to be like you, thank you oh. and so what? Santa gives Phineas what <laughs> so so kind of in a way, Santa gives Phineas the opportunity to just be mm-hmm. this force of good and compassion and everything to mm-hmm. the city that he loves
0: Wow, that's. Wow, that's great.
1: It's a wonderful episode.
0: Wow. I talked about it for a little
1: longer than I expected, than I planned to. That's fine,
0: because it, it reminds me of, like, the whole message of Santa Claus coming to town, that, like, any human person can be Santa. Exactly. And it also taps into, like, this whole belief that, like, anybody could be Santa, even maybe... The Pumpkin King.
1: That's exactly what I was gonna segue into. Good. That's exactly what I was gonna good. segue into. In, because in Jack Skellington's case, it maybe. works out a little bit less well. Yeah. But still For
0: I, I forgot. When you were talking about how like Santa like said to Phineas that like hey, thanks for doing my job for me, that reminds me, I don't I don't have to talk about it. I don't need to talk about it. It reminds me of the end of the original SpongeBob episode. <laughs> I was like, Dear Squidward, you've been a good boy this year. Thanks for covering for me. And then you probably have this, like, this PA dressed as Santa. And, like, yo, we just need, like, Santa in front of a green screen waving for a few minutes. Yep. And then this guy probably just goes, like, no. I'm not just going to wave. No.
2: Nah.
0: I'm nah. going to meme this. We're going
1: to do it. We're going to we're gonna go fully for this.
0: Yeah. Uh. But, yeah, people taking Santa's job either, like, in good spirit or by force.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: and there's Jack Skellington in The Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: He he i think something very interesting about jack skellington as a character is that he's built to be this kind of very representation of halloween he's mm-hmm. like the king of the town basically everybody oh. adores him and loves him already kind of yep. like the santa figure of the town
2: but oh my again God,
1: i know
0: where you're i know where you're going spe- i think i know where you're going
1: just like all of the others that we've talked about guess who's tired of their job <laughs>
0: Welcome to a master class on how to write a Christmas film.
1: <laughs> we're just breaking down how to write a Christmas movie. We'll be right your now.
0: instructors
1: next year. Next, next um, time that I'm home for holiday break, we're just gonna write a Christmas movie. At this point,
0: I think we have.
1: Have we? We might yeah, have. We, we can just base it all on this.
0: I think we just combine all of this. Yes. There's a kid home alone. And he's he's done with his job and his family, and he's like gonna kidnap Santa, but maybe he accidentally kills Santa. <laughs> Anyway, Nightmare Before Christmas, (laughs) which is also a Christmas – no, stop, hold on.
1: (laughs) I think this one is very interesting in particular because it's not just a Christmas movie. You can kind of watch it for any holiday. I particularly watch it in between Halloween and Christmas. I kind of watch it usually somewhere in November Mm -hmm. just because I like to have a little bit of both worlds in this one. Yeah,
0: and I know the director has gone out and said it's a Halloween film, but, like, no, because the film ends – at Halloween. Or no, the film...
1: The film starts on the Halloween. The film opens
0: on the end of Halloween. Yeah. And then it goes into Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: while it's focused on kind of these more Halloween characters, mm-hmm. the story is about Christmas. Yeah. It's a Christmas story told through a Halloween lens. Yeah. Which is a very strange idea, but it works really well, I think.
0: Only Tim Burton could do it.
1: Only Tim Burton could do it. Uh, I The character of Jack Skellington is a very interesting character because... You see his eye, his lack of eyes light up literally when he goes to
2: his see Christmas, his eyes
1: light up when he goes to see Christmas. Mm-hmm. His world changes because he realizes that there's more than just being scary. You see yeah. that there's this kind of light in mm-hmm. like also spreading some joy. Yeah. And he kind of reignites his own sort of why he loves Halloween so much because it's just yeah. that's what his joy is. He,
0: he he remembers his value or he relearns yeah. his value. And
1: again, that's another big piece of Christmas movies as we've discovered. Finding yeah. your value, finding your place. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does throughout this. By seeing mm-hmm. the magic of Christmas, he finds his own place. Yeah. And while he sees that Christmas itself is not his place, mm-hmm. he still finds what his place is.
0: Right, and then... We talk about, you know, revaluating your life and your value and your job and then stop motion animation again. Exactly. Uh, the animation is beautiful in this film in this like Tim Burton creepy charming way.
1: It really is. I think that this one is very interesting because like there's so many just like little scenes in here. I remember reading something that like the hardest scene in the entire film to shoot was just like him putting his hand on a reflective doorknob
0: yeah no because like you couldn't get like the camera yeah because you it. couldn't yeah. have the camera in there yeah. so that
1: one took them like the longest to try to shoot mm-hmm. but even then they pulled it off mm-hmm. and it's a really cool scene or a really cool shot to see
2: yeah no it's so, great
1: just the amount of detail that they add into it even just like the little like small details that they add into like halloween town and like mm-hmm. the christmas town all yep. of the little just how much detail that they put into it and clearly this is halloween is a classic song. Yeah. Uh, as seen by a separate lift-up as well.
0: I'm just going to expose all my secrets. <laughs> where did they all come from?
1: <laughs> I know where this one came from. It's, it's very fun. It, one of my favorite parts of this movie, no matter what time of year that I watch it at, is when he first sees Christmas, the Christmas town, and the song, What's This?
0: Yeah, love What's This.
1: It's a very repetitive song, but also... it it's almost childish in a way because you just see this guy experiencing so much that he's never seen for the first time
2: mm-hmm. and he's
1: just so excited about it yeah just what's this what's this it's beautiful oh my goodness
0: it's he's experiencing the magic of christmas for the first time and he's overwhelmed by it yeah and, uh, no don't tangent i'm gonna tangent first. Tangent, second. go for it you know you know those new like the new mickey mouse shorts that like it's, like, the weird animation. Yeah. It's, like, classic. It looks yes. like the old ones, but it's not. Mm-hmm. They did this one a few years ago. It's called Duck the Halls. And oh. it's, like, they just they ignore decades of continuity. And apparently Donald Duck has never experienced Christmas before. <laughs> because, like, they always go south for the winter. Oh. Which, I mean, like... You can, cri- you can sell you, by Christmas you, down south. You can south. do
1: Christmas down there. That's okay. Did you
0: not, have you not heard of Southtown, USA?
1: <laughs> Bringing it back a little bit.
0: So, like, he decides, like, Daisy, I'm not going south with you this year. I'm going to stay home and have Christmas with Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy. And then, yeah. like, then it just takes a turn because apparently if Donald doesn't go south, he's going to die.
1: Oh? Oh, jeez.
0: Like, the cold, like, is going to, like, collapse his lungs and stuff. And then, like, it just... It gets crazy.
1: Oh geez, that's it, intense.
0: It's intense. I.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I
0: can and can't recommend it.
1: Ve- very quick side note. How did we talk about Year Without a Santa Claus without bringing up either of the Miser Brothers? I don't know. How did we manage that? One? What?
0: How did we segue out of Year Without a Santa Claus? How,
1: yeah. How do? We, I don't remember. How Wonderful we,
0: Life. We signif- That's we, right.
1: Yeah. Just. I'm sorry. We cannot finish this podcast without talking about that. Just the Miser Brothers.
0: Another lip dub.
1: A different lip dub but just um the one of the most wonderful parts of that movie
0: just i just it's they're so simple and yet they've become iconic
1: and yeah they're like, they're weirdly interesting characters yeah for just kind of being like one-off characters mm-hmm. they have like one character trait but they're also like very interesting characters
0: oh yeah because Heat Miser is very like grumpy and cynical yeah. and then like Snow Miser he's a hot yeah he's a hothead, and Snow Miser is just like party every night.
1: He's just a chill guy. Yeah.
0: I I I love the line like i was like what is it? He he's like telling his brother to cooperate. He's like cooperate. You call surrender the North Pole cooperate. <laughs> yeah. I love that line. Uh I don't
1: I also think just like having having those characters to begin with is very interesting because just it's a Christmas movie but they're like, "Hey, look, weather guys." Yeah. But then also just like having them have like a brother relationship and seeing how the two of them interact with each yeah. other and like their mother being mother nature yeah is just very fun very interesting
0: i i, I always had a, i had a theory because all these rank and specials are connected i think the winter warlock is snowmise's father
1: that makes sense it
0: does doesn't it <laughs> that makes sense because like when he's wintered up they look very similar they
1: do look very similar and the
0: timelines add up there you go. So anyway,
1: so now we just got to figure out who he miser's, miser's father is.
0: That one I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, we'll I figure that out. I, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, did you ever see the Miser Brothers Christmas special? It was like a sequel where it was just it was mainly them.
1: Was I think you told me it. about it, but yeah. I don't think I've seen it.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. It's like it's another one of those like hey, the Rankin-Bass specials were great. Let's try to make a sequel. <laughs> and, like, it was, this, it was this trend in the 2000s where, like, hey, let's make new sequels to these. And they just, they never worked.
1: And they're just, no, just, nah, just didn't need to happen. There were a
0: real interesting case study. Like, there's a Frosty the Snowman where the voice of Patrick the Star is Frosty the Snowman.
1: It's, it's weird. <laughs>
0: it's weird and doesn't work.
1: That's, no, <laughs> we're going to go with no on that no. one.
0: But, um, stop motion and music and appreciating your life is just like all these tropes in christmas movies yeah write these down if you're writing christmas yeah movies. if you're
1: look if you're looking to write a christmas movie that's what this is yeah
0: and i think the big thing we're talking about appreciating life should we wrap this up with a, a christmas story that has been remade like a hundred times okay christmas carol
1: Oh yes, a Christmas Carol. I was like, uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. A no, Christmas yes, Carol. A Christmas Carol. I was. Uh, I almost segued into this earlier, but I for, and I forget which one I was gonna do it with. But this, I think I was gonna do this after Wonderful Life. I think that's when I almost was doing okay. this one, because this is another one that's very interesting about looking back on your life and yeah. how how far you've come mm-hmm. and how you're past choices have shaped who you are now
2: yeah and how your future
1: choices will shape who you continue to be yeah which is a very interesting message to see through the lens of a christmas movie
0: yeah because like as as we've dissected today that christmas movies really help their protagonists like reevaluate their life yes and learn to appreciate life better
1: yeah where it's sometimes if you're looking at it if you're looking at it through the cynical lens it's just oh the magic of christmas (laughs) yeah but the magic of Christmas is a very good way of kind of showing a character their own faults. Yeah. And realizing that your faults don't make you a bad person. Mm-hmm. Where it's, if you're not recognizing your faults and you're just being a bad person, that's mm-hmm. different than realizing that you can change and become better. Right. And, seeing that through the lens of magic of christmas i know i mentioned this earlier and i don't remember which i think i mentioned this in mad in wonderful not magical life wonderful life in specifically how this particular story comes back every year especially Mm -hmm. to wrap up the year and it really shows you how you can go into the next year Mm -hmm. being a better person and how it's going to come back every year Mm -hmm. it's not something that you just you see once you forget about it's something that will come back and will be promoted to you yeah it's not something that you can forget about
0: Mm -hmm. no believing in the magic of christmas and believing that like you can change and you can be better like it's a a universal message that as we've seen has resonated over and over and over and over again because there's countless versions of a christmas carol out there yeah do you remember the first one you ever saw
1: first one i ever saw um I don't remember the first one I ever saw, but I actually, I think the first time I ever heard, okay, what year did the one with Jim Carrey come out? 2009. 2009? I remember seeing commercials for that. And that was the first time I ever heard of the story of Christmas Carol.
0: I like that one. I don't love it. Um, I think Jim Carrey is better suited to the Grinch, but he does Scrooge very well. I think it's the, the, uh, the Robert Zemeckis motion capture Christmas film people should be appreciating every <laughs> year. I said what I said. There's
1: no subtweeting there.
0: There's no there's no subtext there at all. You don't None. have to read into that. None. Uh, but yeah, he Jim Carrey is a very talented actor, and I yeah. never would have thought he would be a great Scrooge, but he is a great Scrooge, and I think, mm-hmm. despite you know, the shoddy motion capture animation, I think it captures the heart and the story of a Christmas Carol very yeah. well. Um, first version I ever saw was, we're talking Disney like Mickey's. Was yeah, the first that's one. a good one. Yeah, and I think like it's only half an hour and it it encapsulates all of a Christmas a Christmas Carol perfectly. Mm-hmm. Gets the point across, hits all the right points.
1: Yeah, so it's not it's not technically a film, but I'll t- I'll talk about it anyway. I think the first time that I ever really remember like getting deep into the story of a Christmas Carol mm-hmm. was in seventh grade where we had to read it.
0: I'd read in seventh grade too. <laughs>
1: Yes. I'm
0: so glad the curriculum hasn't changed. (laughs)
1: Yep, we had to read it. We read the the play of it, and then we went on a field trip to see it.
0: North Shore Music Theater?
1: North Shore Music Theater. North Shore Music Theater. North Shore Music Theater. So Um, that was the first time I ever really remember seeing mm -hmm. Christmas Carol, as opposed to not just, like, commercials for it, like the Jim Carrey version. That was the first time I was ever introduced to the story as a whole.
0: Did you have a part when you read it in class?
1: I think so. I think... I was Ghosts of Christmas Past, I believe. We were yes! both Ghosts of Christmas Let's Past. Let's go!
0: That's amazing. I love it.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Um, I'm in awe right now.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, I, just like,
0: I just feel like we just became better friends. Yes,
1: we did. Just, just a very specific memory, but I'm very glad that we both have it. I was like,
0: wait a minute. She read it in seventh grade. She went to the North Shore Music Theater. Who did she play?
1: Who, who did you read it as? Yep, Ghost of Christmas Past.
0: Oh, amazing. Um, I just want to end it right there.
1: <laughs> That's a wonderful. Bo- hey, it's about creating new bonds. New and creating bonds and your traditions. Own, thinking about your past memories and growing and thinking about them in the future. Exactly. And I'll end it on this. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think I have touched on in particular about mm-hmm. some of the ones that have meant the most to me mm-hmm. was the fact that I grew up with them. the fact that i have nostalgia towards many of these christmas Mm -hmm. films and i'm sure that you do too yes and i'm sure that anyone who has seen any of these christmas films and not even just the ones that we've talked about i'm sure Mm -hmm. that a lot of people that are listening have also have their own christmas movies Mm -hmm. that they grew up on and have their own nostalgic memories for like i'm pretty sure the majority of people don't have the same same vision of phineas and ferb christmas Mm -hmm. that i do But I'm sure that other people have their own version Mm -hmm. of what Phineas and Ferb is to me, to themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's like you always say, it's subjective. You have your own memories associated with it. Mm -hmm. And you can see the fact that you have your own memories associated with it Mm -hmm. within Mm -hmm. the films. They talk about that. Mm -hmm. That's that's what the magic of Christmas is. It's remembering Mm -hmm. your family that you watch it with. My Mm -hmm. dad and I have so many memories of watching these together, which is what makes it special. Yep. It's all about what you grew up with, what makes it special to you Mm -hmm. every year.
2: Yeah, no,
0: I, the student has become the master. Uh, Couldn't have said it better myself. Honestly, yeah, I've watched so many of these films like year after year after year. I could remember like watching them when I was young with my parents and my aunt and uncle and I remember watching them now and it's just like, it's, they're nice reminders of the magic of Christmas and then like, Sort of like your dad growing up with Charlie Brown, they're sort of like they give you a unique perspective yeah. on life. Like, okay, like here we are a year later with your thought of Santa Claus or Santa Claus going to town. Yeah. And like A lot's changing this year, but these are things we can always rely on. Their are exactly. constants. Yeah. Even the-,
1: the ones that came out in more recent memory, like Fat Man or Prep and Landing, mm-hmm. they, I know that they'll live on for me in particular. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, Prep and Landing came out 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and I still watch it every year and yeah. i can't imagine that i'm going to not watch it in the coming years
0: no i i will watch prep and landing i will watch home alone i will watch *The community christmas episodes exactly. i will watch these all year after year no matter
1: how long ago it came out if you associate memories with it mm-hmm. then you're gonna keep watching it over and over again because that's what's gonna give you the most joy
0: yeah absolutely um i was gonna mention how michael Caine like Went way too hard in the Muppet Christmas Carol, but I think no, I just ruined it anyway. <laughs>
1: no, nah, you can, you, yeah, keep that in there. You go. I
0: forgot about that, but no, we're gonna end on the nice note. Yeah. Um.
1: As opposed to the naughty note. The no-
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: <laughs> I ruined it, but no, I just it's felt fine. the need to do it. That's
0: <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah, these are things that have become constants for us, and they're part of the Christmas season, and they're they're part of our traditions, and. Our new traditions, and they will continue to be for years to come. Exactly. And that's why Christmas movies matter. Yeah. And that wraps up this special holiday edition of movies that matter. We did i don't even think we hit everything on the list. I don't
1: think we did. But
0: that's okay because we can do this again next year.
1: Yes, we can. Because
0: like, this is all. There's so many
1: that we could do.
0: There's so many we could do, even like the non-traditional, like the ones that like—is it a Christmas movie or is it not a Christmas movie? Like. Yeah. We can we we address the diehards hard I was going to say, we can,
1: we can debate diehards for a little bit. And,
0: you know, maybe we even talk about Christmas movies we don't like.
1: Hmm. Not, not in mind. I,
0: just, I don't, I can't think of any.
1: No, I love them all.
0: No, there's just, there's so many good Robert Zemeckis motion-captured uh, Christmas films that are worth watching.
1: Yeah, it's not like I've gotten into arguments with people about this.
0: No, I, I don't have a hill to die on about a Christmas <laughs> movie that I don't like.
1: Nah. Um Movies that don't matter.
0: Someone out there is like, "What are they talking about?" <laughs> Someone's
1: confused.
0: Someone out there is very confused. <laughs> um, folks, thank you for joining us for this special edition of Movies That Matter. Um, have a safe and happy and healthy New Year. Liz, thank you so much for thank joining you. me. This thank you. This is fabulous, me. and I think we just made a new Christmas tradition right here. I hope so. All right, folks, thank you for listening. We'll see you in the New Year. Good night.